Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love It is really, really good To be with you I know that this church Was formed out of love and out of a desire to, to love and care for everybody in this community and everybody in this world, not exclusive of anybody's life or who they are or who they love. And I'm just really, really grateful to be with a church like that. So I have been singing for a very long time, and I get glimpses into this giant church that we have that other people don't get because I love a good story. And so I'm like, please tell me all of the hot goss <laughs> every time I go anywhere. And so I have been in this church and seen what it's about and sort of seen the message of what this church has been bringing all over the country. I've gotten to travel all over the place and do concerts and women's retreats and, and youth events. And it's just been amazing to see. And I've been in a lot of Senate assemblies, but I will tell you, this week has been one of the most intense Senate assemblies I've ever been at. And there's more to it, and, and you can Google some things, but even Bishop Eaton has been discussing it and, and um, recently made a report about this whole situation. And, and I don't know that I need to give you the, whole, the story of it, but all that to say is that th there are, there, well, yeah, I don't know how exactly to talk about it at this point. But um, I will say that there was a, a group of hundreds of people that were voting members of this synod, and they were trying to make the right choice. And they were trying to do the good work of God, and they were also overwhelmed, and there was all of this, like, Robert's Rules of Order and Parliamentary Procedure, and, all of, and it was just so technical. And even in the technicalities, there was this cute, nerdy pastor that I adored that would just hop up and tell us the rules over and over and over again. Like he was the keeper of the law to make sure we were doing it right. And he was like, point of order, Bobby again, you know, like that kind of, he just was a delight. So I just saw these people feeling confused, feeling a lot of feelings, anger, sadness, wanting to defend people that felt um, that, that there was an abuse of power, confused about why in the world this church was being divided in this way. And I have got to say, this is the country that we live in right now. People hold their opinions and they hold on to them for dear life because they truly believe it is how we're being moved to love and care for each other or protect people or whatever it is. And people just hang on. And we were invited over and over and over that the Spirit of God come and be among us and dwell with us. So I, I grew up Pentecostal, like really Pentecostal, raising hands, people falling down, speaking in tongues the whole nine. So when I became a Lutheran, 
that was interesting and not exactly where I thought God was leading me. But what I'd like to say now is that I know all about the Holy Spirit and I'm not scared of the Holy Spirit. And now I have some good theology to back it up. So Lutherans, I think, are amazing in theology and sometimes a little flat in practice. Lovingly, I say this because I've been a part of this church for over 20 years now. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to learn about God's grace in a way that I was never raised to hear it. But what I get to bring to the church is that God is still working and still moving and miracles actually still happen. And we can actually invite the Holy Spirit, not some woo-woo dove, but like the, the, the Holy Spirit of God to be present with us in our lives and guide and direct us. And often we know it's the Holy Spirit uh, uh, multiple ways. I would think that sometimes people get goosebumps. I think sometimes people feel like a sense of peace. I think that they feel an overwhelming sense of love or like just a firm direction to head. And I know it sounds a little nuts, but it, it, like the Holy Spirit is still moving and working and inviting us to be present in this church and actually do things rather than just only come to worship, though worshiping together is so great. And inviting your neighbors to worship is really, really great. But doing things with our lives that show the love of God through our actions as well. And this is what I was seeing in this synod. They're like, we say that we are a church of love. We say that we're a church of inclusion. How are we going to physically put some feet underneath it and do things that need to happen? And so one of the um, items, one of the resolutions on the docket was that they set up a fund for reparations. And I know that you guys heard all about the uprising that happened in Minneapolis. We were all obviously here. We saw what was going on when George Floyd was murdered and that people were really finally learning about the lives of people of color and how the day-to-day -day goes and sort of waking up to the fact, as white people, that we have had some privilege that we didn't know about. And then some people are like, well, I don't want to hear about it anymore, and I never heard about it before, and I didn't hurt anybody. I get it. But I'm telling you, that is a move of the Holy Spirit, that there are people in this church that have felt marginalized, have felt not heard, have felt not seen, and that's all part of what happened with this meltdown. There are some real big nuances with it, and there, are, are, there, there was a, 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 a pastor that I learned more about, about him this week, that he's writing a whole narrative on the Internet, and his lived experience was different, and people were... Uh, emotionally and spiritually abused and threatened by this pastor, and so he needed to go. But the way that it all unfolded was where it got all messy and where it was there was just some really bad choices, and there was some supremacy involved in all of that. And I am dear friends with um, my friend Pastor Hazel, who is working on Synod staff, and, and she has been on leave since December, and is still not getting paid. It's a whole thing, but please pray for her. But she is, is uh, Latina, and she has not feel, felt heard in this whole situation. And so it's just rife with the complexities of how we move forward as a church. And so one of the cool things that were passed is that they said, okay, every time that there's a building sale in the synod, a certain percentage is going to go to the capital, like the whatever, the endowment fund. A certain amount is going to go to this. A certain amount is going to that. And then a certain amount is going to go on an account set aside specifically for pastors of color 
who've been paid less than their colleagues, who have not had their basic needs met. People can draw from these funds in all of these ways that we're gonna set out. There'll be a committee that's making sure that it's done in a safe way. But it's just incredible to see that even after all of this stress and this giant vote that took place and, the, and, the, and that synod is divided, literally there was 183 votes for, for removing this bishop and then there was 140-ish votes to not. And so it was, there was a, 126 maybe, it, it, there's a big divide of people saying this is the right answer and people saying this is the right answer. And even after all of that, when the thing didn't pass and it wasn't enough and there was all this heartbreak, they still said, but we get to make choices with the, w and putting our money where our mouth is in protecting the people of this, uh, of this synod and, and, and recognizing that we haven't always done it the right way. And so what I'm excited to invite you into, darling church, is that you continue like you did in the way that you formed to have an opportunity to go, here is who we are called to love. And here is how we are called to serve. And the Holy Spirit might just inspire a new idea for a new ministry or a new outreach or a new way to care for each other. And I invite you to go, even though we've never done this before, even though I've never heard of this before, even though I don't fully understand this, we can get behind the fact that the Spirit is still moving and working. I absolutely love these scriptures and these readings about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here as a comforter. The Holy Spirit is here to convict. And I wrote a prayer right before I went to this, and I think it's a perfect thing for this um, gathering as well. And I was, I was praying and praying and praying and praying before I went to this event. And I normally don't write things down before I go, but this is the prayer I came to when I was mowing the lawn the day I left, <laughs> the day before I left. We serve a God of grace and a God of justice. We need the Holy Spirit to show up and convict as the Holy Spirit convicts and inspire as the Holy Spirit inspires and restore as the Holy Spirit restores. We need a comforter and companion and we need a God of conviction. And a God who wakes us up from complacency, who is still works. We need a God who is still working and moving, that is doing a new thing and a good thing in us, God's own children, every single one of us. As white people, we have to. We get to do this work where we take an honest look at ourselves and the fact that we have only lived our own lives and God invites us to walk with people and see suffering and honor diversity. We are God's holy people. We're also just people. People that make mistakes, people that have joys and sorrows. We serve a God who comforts and a God who offends. I am um, gonna tell you one story that I wasn't sure if I was gonna tell, but I guess I am. Um, I used to do yoga a lot, and I actually was a yoga teacher, I know, can you tell? Um, and I did not go to yoga expecting that I would have profound experiences with the Holy Spirit. I just had no idea. From the very first class I went to, I started having like visions at the end of yoga. And it was like things that I wasn't expecting. And it was like all this intuition and like insight. And it was just crazy. So I'll just tell you one of the weirdest ones that I go, this is a real thing. And it does. So um, 
I'm going to tell you two, two of them. But I was doing a yoga class with my friends. Katie and Heather were the teachers. And uh, I had been making a surprise quilt for my friend Katie all day that Monday. I had been, like, sewing the top together. I had bought all this secret fabric, everything she loves. Like, I was delighted and putting so much love and energy into this quilt all day. And it was a surprise. So she had no idea. So I go to yoga that night. And, and, and what you do is you're doing all these different stretches, and you work up a sweat, and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the class, you just lay down. And it's called shavasana, or final shavasana. And you just sort of lay out. And you sort of just drift into resting after all of this hard work and stretching and all of that. And I had this vision of like a little six to nine inch little person standing on my hand, a little dirty blonde girl with cute little bangs in a brown dress. <laughs> and she just ran across the top of my body and was like jumping on my fingertips and like just laughing and running all over. And I just thought it was so weird. And I was like trying to figure it out and I'm like, is that supposed to be like representation of me when I was a kid or maybe like my kids? And then it just sort of morphed into this vision of what would happen if my, my, my kids were six inches tall and had the run of my <laughs> body. And so like my son grabbed my daughter's hand and ran into my armpit and they were sniffing my armpit. You know, real, real beautiful, holy things, right? <laughs> it was just hilarious. And anyway, so I just didn't really think anything of it, but it was just a delight and it was just a very funny little thing. And, and I usually, if I had a vision, I would go and tell my best friends, Heather and Katie, tell them all about it, and then we'd leave. But I'd forgotten to tell them. So I got home, and we were doing all the things, put my kids to bed, and then I called and FaceTimed with them because they were roommates. And um, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you my vision. And then I told them all about it. And then Katie goes, no way. Because she rarely had visuals like after class, but she did that day. And she said, I had a vision that I was six inches tall and sitting cross-legged on someone's hand. It was like a giant, and I couldn't see who it was, and then I was like, oh, it must be my grandpa, and then it was like totally her grandpa, and it was like BFG, right? Like it was just how in the world, in the same class, did we have the same thing? It was just bananas. I just was like dying. And so that was really cool, and I didn't tell her until I gave her the quilt. I'm like, I had put all of my energy towards you that day. Anyway, so that to me feels like this is valid, and then this happened. So I made an album years ago, and it was the best record I've ever made. You can buy it right now or listen to it on Spotify. Um, anyway, I, I, uh, I, had, I never had my face on the cover of a record that I've made, and I've made eight of them. And I was like really nervous, but because I'd worked so hard on this album and spent so much money, I was like, I think I gotta be on the cover. And I hired an artist, photographer in town, to do the picture. But like, the cost of getting that one album shot, which turned into three, but that's a whole thing, um, was like over a house payment. And I'm a single mom with three kids, and I'm the sole breadwinner of my house, so that's a big risk. And I don't love getting my picture taken. I know I seem like I really enjoy that maybe perhaps, but I get nervous and feel like a total dork. And I'm like, what if I'm going to spend all this money and then I can't even look cute because I'm not a model and I can't make a model face and I was like freaking out. So I decided to go to yoga just to sort of pray it out. And so the whole class, I just kept breathing in. I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. 
And to me, the Holy Spirit would always show up as this like beautiful mom, kind of Latina looking beautiful lady. And so I laid down in Shavasana and I was just breathing and just kept going, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. And she sat next to me and it was like, like love and peace were pouring off her body. Like, like white, yellow light just rippling off her body. And it like splashed onto the whole left side of myself. And it, the whole left side of my body warmed up. And she just said, Rachel, you are enough right this second, exactly right now. Your body has served you beautifully your whole life. And you're enough. And I'm like, oh, but like, what about this part? And then she just kissed it, just like a mom would. It was just the dearest thing. And she kissed my belly and just anything I felt nervous about. And she was like, you've got it. You're like, you're enough right now. And it was just this peace that washed over me. And it was silly. And that's all about a picture and who cares. But to experience the Holy Spirit in today times is just astounding. And it happens in all kinds of ways. I one time heard a sermon about evangelism, and at the end of the sermon, the pastor said, hey, I just want you to pray this week that God would give you an opportunity to share your faith. And I was like, convenient that I'm going to a youth event in New Jersey, and I'm speaking at it. No problem. I'll tell people about the love of God. Got it. But I prayed the prayer anyway because he invited us to do it. And I I had just found out I was pregnant with my first kid, and I was just really excited to get home, and I had a direct flight home, and then that flight got canceled. And then I had a connecting flight in Detroit, and I get on the plane, and there's just, like, no room, and I'm just hot and pregnant, and I just want to be home, and there was nowhere to put my guitar, and I was flustered, and I sit down, and I'm just, just weepy. And this cute little hippie girl was sitting next to me, and we strike up a conversation, and she's so dear. And then we talk about the fact that both of our dads had died. And then she just said to me, gosh, it sounds like you were raised in a home where you could trust, like, you know, something to the effect of where you could trust in God. I was raised in a family where I was asked to ask questions about everything and question everything and anything, and there was no solid answer to anything. And it seems like your faith means a lot to you. Can you tell me about that? And I was like, what? (laughs) So here's what I would lovingly say to you, church. We celebrate Pentecost every year. And, and, And the Holy Spirit is the expression of God in today's times. Like, we talk about Jesus a lot, but the Holy Spirit is still here, still alive, still moving, still making changes, still convicting, still comforting, still loving us. God is the one who gives us the faith to believe in God in the first place. So I invite you, as you move forward, as you do the renovation, as you continue in the ministry, as you're building your church, to invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. With sincerity, you, Lutherans, my darlings, you too can pray that the Holy Spirit would come and help lead and guide you as a church and see the miraculous things that happen and see the innovative ideas that come up and see the ways that you can care for each other. One of the things that we missed during COVID was singing together 
and meeting together and visiting over coffee because we need each other. On the weeks that we're struggling because we have a kid that's an addict or because we lost a pregnancy or because we have a kid that is going through mental health issues or we have anxiety that we've never experienced before or because of the collective grief and loss of everything that's been happening. We need each other to sing when we can't sing the songs. We need each other to pray when we can't pray the prayers. We need to be able to love and support our neighbors when they're in those situations too. So I know that the Holy Spirit wants to come and be present with you and in this church and give you direction. And goodness sakes, you have some great pastors around to help lead that. But I, I just am excited to be able to give you that word that God is still here and still moving and still adores you and wants to do a new thing. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.